Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Who doesn't love shopping at Target? Did you know the all-new Target Circle is the free and easy way to get the most deals at Target? And when you pay with your Target Circle card, you can save an extra 5% your way every day. But wait, there's more. Now you've got a new way to save with Target Circle 360. With unlimited same-day delivery, Target Circle 360 is the fastest way to get your order to your door or someone else's. Right now, sign up for Target Circle 360 for just $49 for your first year of membership. That's $50 off the regular price. Visit Target.com slash Circle or the Target app for more details. Same-day delivery is subject to terms, applies to orders over $35. For 5% discount, restrictions apply. See program rules in-store or at Target.com slash Circle card. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. I am all in. with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right. Hi, everybody. Scott Patterson. And this is the I Am All In podcast, iHeartRadio 111 Productions. We are excited. We have a very special guest. Look, first, we're, we're going to talk to our guest. She was an extra on the on Sadie Sadie. We're going to talk to her about that and her experiences. She was in the background in a couple scenes uh, uh, in Sadie Sadie. And, uh, and then after that, we're going to break down Hammers and Veils. But before we talk to her, we got another big announcement. Uh, I, right here, right now, you heard it here first. The third guest is joining us that we're revealing uh, for the live virtual podcast of Friendsgiving, November 11th. Mr. Jackson Douglas, who played Jackson. Jackson. He played Woo-hoo. Jackson. Correct. Um, so he's going to join us. Uh, we're very excited. Uh, uh, terrific guy. Terrific actor. Gonna be a lot of fun. Get your tickets. So let's bring her on. Uh, excited to talk to her. Get her uh, her take on what it was like to be an extra on Gilmore Girls. 
And I already, I know, I know she's going to say, Scott, it was a lot of sitting around. It's, we were sitting around a lot and we were at the crowd. Wait a minute. Here she comes. There she is. Hi. Hi. How you doing, Carol V. Beckstrand. Beckstrand. I'm good. I'm good. I, I kind of remember your face. I was an extra a lot. I remember you. How are you? I'm good. Oh, I'm my good. goodness. Thanks for coming <laughs> on. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So, um, so you were, so tell us how you got the gig. How did you, how did you get the gig on Gilmore? Were you doing a lot of extra work? Gilmore girls or extra work in general? No, no, no. And and Gilmore. I mean, had you been doing it prior to, uh, I had been doing extra work on various shows and I couldn't get on Gilmore girls. And I was a huge fan. I watched pilot after the second episode. I started telling everyone I knew you have to watch this, this show. It's great. And I couldn't get on. I couldn't figure out who the casting director was. And so, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm saying this. But the day before I got on Gilmore, I had worked on West Wing. And I still mm. passed to get on the studio lot from West Wing. <laughs> and I just kind of flashed it really fast. And they're like, oh, go on in. And so I w- walked into Stars Hollow and I found the person the extras were supposed to check in with. And I was like, hi, did anyone not show up who should have? And they said, yeah. And I said, <laughs> Can I have their voucher? I actually still have it with their name crossed off and my name. Look at that. And um, then I started talking to the other extras. I'm like, who's the casting director? Who do I need to call? And I got the number and I called them and I said, hey, every time you need to fill a townsperson for Gilmore, call me. And so I started doing a lot of Gilmore, but I totally sneaked on the first time. That is how you get a job in Hollywood. It takes moxie. It takes guts. It takes breaking the law. Look at you. You you broke onto the. That's not an easy lot to get onto. I mean, and, and well, it was it was easier before nine eleven. Yes, of course, of this course. This was before. Still and wasn't easy. Was, Still wasn't easy. But you know, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're definitely right. But it's it harder even now. Have it's, I, it, it's harder because I was just over there, and it and man, they put you through the ringer over there. Yeah, and, yeah. Now they do, but good for them, right? You know, you need the security. So, um. God, what a great story. That is how that's a that's a Hollywood legendary story. That's how you get a job. Sneaked on the set? Yeah. There, got you, it. You know what? When I when I used to play pro ball, Johnny Sane used to say to me, you know, you gotta figure out a way to win. You know, you gotta think outside the box. You gotta figure out a way, Scott. Absolutely. <laughs> you figured out a way to win. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. I love that. Um yeah. so how do you um I mean, so you've been an extra on other shows. What other shows were you uh, an extra on before you did Gilmore? And what was the experience like compared to Gilmore? I liked being on Gilmore because I started to know all the same people, all the regular extras. We got to be good friends. Um, Extra work was not my life. I I was a teacher. And so the six week off in the summer when I had nothing to do, I would do extra work because I like to read. And there's so much sitting around in downtime that I would book a gig. I would take three books with me. And then there's a whole lot of hurry up and wait. And so I would just have uh, my book with me and I would just read all day long. And then it's like, oh, we're going to shoot now. Okay. Put my book down. Shoot. Actually, I, I don't know if it's the next episode or the one after where Max and Lorelai, Rory and Dean have a double date and they're in town. They're in Stars Hollow. I was sitting there reading. And when they went to place the extras, like, I like that you're reading, go sit in the bookstore and keep reading. 
So I'm actually sitting in the bookstore, just reading my book. They're like, okay, back to one, let's shoot it again. And I just kept reading my book. I'm like, I'm getting paid to read. There you go. Um, There you go. Isn't that great? Jeez. That's, that's what we did too. We, we, there was so much downtime that you just, you go back to your trailer and you just, you read anything that you have on hand or what you brought with you. I mean, it's just like, Oh, you, I would you, bring you, a lot of books. You can catch up on a lot of reading on that set. Man. Yep. You know, on all sets. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so that was the first time you were an extra on the show, Sadie Sadie. That was the first time. Sadie Sadie was my first one. Uh, okay. So you were in the background of that scene when, she Lorelai was coming to tell me about the uh-huh. engagement, right? Okay. Uh-huh. Um, what do you remember about that that diner scene uh, when you're pressed up against the window? How many how many how many takes did they they do on that? I don't remember how many takes there was for that one because we were outside and all the good stuff was happening inside, and they just said stand there, and we just stood there and stood there and stood there. Um, I think we broke a couple times and we had to get back in the exact same spots, you know, for continuity. Right. Um, I remember the multiple takes from when I was more in the action, like two episodes from now, when Lorelai comes to talk to you, there's only four of us in the diner and you turn and you yell at all of us and the camera turns and it's just like me right there. And I'm just kind of like, so that was, that was those I remember more because I'm there and I can listen to you. I was listening to you guys act. And then I remember all of the, okay, let's take it. Again. Okay. Let's shoot it from this angle. Okay. Let's do this. But from that particular scene in Sadie, Sadie, I don't remember. I was um, just outside and you couldn't really hear anything. Right. And Liz Torres was kind of the leader of the, that whole thing. Right. Cause everybody mm-hmm. was following Liz. Cause she kept going mm-hmm. back and throwing dialogue back at you guys. Um, yeah. Well, that's so, so that, so was it a hot day? Do you remember? Cause it was daytime, but do you remember it being particularly hot? Cause it's, cause most- it was August. Yeah. So oh. I remember it being very hot on set a lot and we're supposed to be in Connecticut. So they're like, put a sweater on. I'm like, no. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, And then I was in hammers and veils. It was the one time, one and only time I got to be a Chilton student because after that I got um pretty well established in the town. Like you can't be in Chilton and the town. Right. But, in Hammers and Veils, I was a Chilton student, and then I'm all over Max and Lorelai's engagement party. Ah. So I was pretty well established as a townsperson, and I got to be a townsperson quite a bit. It was fun. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the engagement party, wasn't it? It was quite the setup. I was I was having engagement party envy, uh, uh, as a matter of fact. Um, okay, so I this is just me. I take pictures. The attention to detail yeah. on that set was ridiculous they yeah. had carved fruit oh, they God, had look at that everything that said like max and lorelei and it was like you didn't see all that attention to detail like i was re-watching the episode i'm like man the close-ups and the attention to detail and the all of the stuff that they do to make those parties i remember all of those stars hollow parties and and they went all out you can't you can't even see it when you watch the episodes how detail oriented they got mm-hmm amazing mm-hmm. yeah no it's uh yeah they, they they leave nothing to chance and just in case they want to push in and do a close-up of a cupcake or something everything has to be yeah it, it was it was truly amazing um so who so tell us more about that your memories of uh being on the gilmore set who did you pal around with did you talk to anybody from the main cast or the supporting cast did you were you friends with anybody um, I was mostly friends with the regular extras who were there a lot because, you know, we kind of hung out with each other. But I remember everyone was really, really nice. I remember one time um, 
I think it was a Thursday and Krispy Kreme started to get really popular right around then. And I think on Thursdays they would bring in Krispy Kremes and Lauren one day came to set and she was just like giddy because Krispy Kremes were there and she was really excited about it. And then she kind of looked at me and was like, oh, wait, do the extras get Krispy Kremes? I'm like, yes, <laughs> Krispy Kremes too. They put them on our, on our crafty service table. And, but I thought it was so sweet of her. I'm like, you're the star of the show and you're concerned that we extra background people are getting Krispy Kremes. I just mm-hmm. thought she was just so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, what I remember was everyone was really nice. You were really nice. Um, I sat behind you in a town hall meeting once and I think you backed into me or bumped me or something. And in between sets, you turned around and you like, put your hand on my knee. And you're like, Oh, I'm really sorry. Are you okay. I'm like, yeah, it's normal human interaction. You bumped me, but I just remember everyone being really kind, really nice and just overly friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Scott Cohen, he and I were standing together waiting to start a scene and he accidentally leaned against a cardboard table and the cardboard table is rickety and it fell over. And one of the ADs or PAs, or I don't remember who turned around and started to yell at whoever knocked it down and realized it was Scott Cohen. And I was like, oh, this is going to turn on me. And of course they don't want to yell at the guest star. So they started yelling at me wow. and I had been down and we were like trying to pick everything up and fix the table. And Scott was so nice. He was like, she wasn't the one who knocked it over. It was me. And I was like, it's okay. I'll take the rap. I'm just the background person. You're the guest star. He's like, no, it was me. And I just remember everyone being ridiculously kind on set. Mm. I have, I was on a bunch of shows and I can't say that on every show, but Gilmore girls, everyone was really nice. Wow. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we didn't really, uh, prance around like we were anything special. We were just sort of there to do a job. You know, like everybody yeah. else. Yeah. That's kind of how we felt about it. That's how I felt. About I, was there on, it. I was there on Milo's first day and he was really shy and quiet. And all of the extras who knew each other really well, we were palling around and being silly, waiting to start our scene. And he was just kind of standing there like, hi, I'm the new guy. And we we're just like, who's this guy? And I, I remember we're like trying to talk to him and make him feel comforting and welcome. And we were doing stupid uh, human talents and he shared his with us and we were giggling and just kind of like, okay, nice to meet you. Who are you? And he's like, I'm Luke's nephew on the show. We're like, okay, cool. But he was really kind too. And it was just a fun set to hang out on. Do, do you, do you remember what his stupid human talent was Milo's? Yes. What was I it? do. What was it? I do. So stupid. It's so dumb. We, we need to know this. Yeah. He can list all of the dwarfs from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs ridiculously fast. Wow. Like all seven just. That's, and I was like, that's a that's talent. Useless, stupid human talent. That, but that, that is not, I just was not expecting that. No, um, right? Who would say that? So next time you see him, ask him if he can still list the seven dwarfs. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, that's so perfect. It's perfect. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. 
The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. Is she breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married yeah. at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous <laughs> of your generation yeah. that didn't have to deal with Instagram and that. Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. We create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So those are some great memories. What are some more memories of, uh, of being an extra on the show? How many episodes would you say you did? Oh, dozens and dozens. Okay. That as I'm rewatching, I will forget. I'm like, oh, I just walked by. I forgot I was in this episode. <laughs> just by. I, I have a hard time sometimes because I'm like, oh, look, there's Paul in the background. Oh, there goes Emily. You know, because I know everyone in the background. I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to be watching the main characters. Um, 
Oh, I remember one. I was riding a bike around the town square, just riding the bike. And um, I think it was too tall for me. I'm kind of short. And I don't know what happened, but I fell off the bike while it was while you guys were filming. And I'm like, I am not going to create even more of a nuisance because I've just fallen over. So I just kind of stayed down, just trying to be quiet until they called cut. (laughs) And as soon as they called cut, I heard extra down. There's an extra down. (laughs) No, I'm okay. I just didn't want to cause a scene while everyone was filming. And it just was, I was so, I don't get embarrassed. I was actually a little embarrassed when they were screaming, there's an extra down. Oh no. Yeah, I'm just trying not to cause a scene. Oh man. Yeah. That was what a great instinct though for you. You you went down, you stayed down. Years of live theater. Yeah, Years there you go. You I'm go- like, they're filming. Don't cause any more problems. Right. You just go with it, right? It's like I meant to do that. Right. I was directing. Exactly. I meant to crash this bike. Speaking of which, did you get a lot of direction from the director directors uh, on any particular episode about what to do, how to be, you know, that kind of a thing that you can recall. Not usually the directors. There was usually like one of the production assistants, one of the assistant directors would tell us what to do, where to go. Um, And usually it was like, when someone says this, you walk there. When someone says that, cross over there. Um, But for the most part, no, they gave us a general idea. Do this, make sure you start at the same time every time we did a different take. And there wasn't much direction. There was no like, okay, you're shocked. You look surprised. No, it was a walk from there to there. And it's like, okay, <laughs> stand there. Okay. So I think a lot of people don't realize what an important piece that is to any production is the, the extras have to respond in a believable way. And it's so when they don't, it really is glaring and jarring and it kind of takes you out of that reality. So I know they were very good about that uh, mm-hmm. on Gilmore because the extras on Gilmore, you guys were great. I mean, you were a, 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 a you know, you helped sell as much as anybody the, you know, the, the reality of that town, you know, that that was a real place with real people. And that's hugely important. Um, Cause when you don't see it and you see people not focused or they're not, you know, you like in some productions, even like big budget movies, you see people like, Oh, look in the sky. There's God appeared. And then, you know, somebody's looking over there. Somebody's looking over right. the island. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> You can see them adjusting like, wait a minute, I think it's, I should be looking over there. Um, It just takes you out of it. You know, you don't believe it anymore. I do remember sometimes they would tell us not to like blatantly stare at, you know, whoever was doing the acting, whether it was you or uh, Lauren or Alexis, because, you know, if you, if I was normally eating in your diner, I wouldn't be staring to other people having a conversation, you know, but we'd be like, oh, look, they're talking. You know, we were said, no, ignore them pretend you're talking to, you know, whoever you're doing. And, um, it got, it was pretty easy to do after a while. Cause everyone, I mean, we we're all professionals as much as a background extra could be. I was just for kicks and giggles. Um, when I wasn't teaching mm-hmm. to hang out on set and, and to have fun. Yeah. It's, it's hard being an extra because you guys are, especially in the diner scenes. And there were so many times where the extras were trying to, and they were doing a great job, but, you know, they'd drop a fork or they'd make too much noise cutting a piece of food or something like, or their glass would go down. And mm-hmm. it's just amazing, you know, that they're doing their normal stuff. They're being great at it. 
And then a director yells cut. And then a PA comes over and asks an extra extra not to drop the fork like that and not to make the cutting noise and not to whisper because you can hear the whispering when you're acting. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of like move your mouth and Mm -hmm. don't produce any sound. It's hard to do. Oh, speaking of in hammers and veils, is that that the one you just watched hammers and veils? I did. Yes. Yes. Okay. So it at the, at the party at Max and Lorelai's party, um, when Lane and Rory are talking and there's a bunch of people dancing in the background, I was mortified watching myself because, and I remember this, there was no music. So we're all dancing in a different beat. And they said, do not move your feet. <laughs> so it's like, you want me to hold, hold my feet still have no music. And, and so we're just kind of like, it's the most awkward looking dancing because we have to hold our feet still, like you said, so we wouldn't be making noise. And it's like, I don't know how to dance and hold my feet still to no music. And I was watching myself like this last night going, oh my gosh, I look so stupid. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. I mean, I just, I just saw the episode for the first time, just like, you know, 10 minutes ago, I finished it or 20 minutes ago. It wasn't distracting. I don't even recall people in the background dancing. But now that you think, yeah, there were people dancing. Mm-hmm. But all I was focused on was the scene with the two girls. So you guys did your job. There was no Yay. distractions, you know? I mean, that's that's telling the story, helping to tell the story. Well, we were dancing to no no music right. and keep our feet still so we wouldn't make any noise. Right, right. And, and for the audience listening at home, uh, you cannot have the music blaring while people are acting because it's a nightmare for the sound department. It's impossible for an editor. It's impossible for the sound department to even deal with with that so yeah everything's silent it's 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 a bizarre world that we create and when they say action you can't hear any sound but the actors and everybody else is miming it looks like a bunch of crazy people but um anyway uh are you still doing it or did you stop uh did you stop being an extra i haven't done it for years um i haven't done it for years It, it was like i said it was something i did just for fun and for giggles um I was like, like I said, I'm a teacher. I'm still a teacher. Um, I just did it for, I did it to get on the shows I liked and to hang out on set and just to have fun and just to see what it was like being on set. And I just did it for fun. I haven't done it for years, but I did very much enjoy it every time I did it. The funny thing, I said I was a teacher. The funny thing is when I started teaching, I looked about 14, which was great for extra work because they wanted to cast people who were older, but who looked young. And when I started teaching, my students kept saying, you don't look old enough to be our teacher. You don't look old enough to be our teacher. And I'm like, I am, I promise. And then my whole class came in one day with their arms crossed and glaring at me. And they're like, we saw you on TV last night and you were in high school. You're not <laughs> our teacher. And I was like, um, I'm not in high school on TV. It's just pretend, you know, I just look young. <laughs> But that was very entertaining for all of my students to catch me. And they're like, we saw you. You were in high school. You're not old enough to be our teacher. You can't you can't be our teacher anymore. You're, you're too young. Oh, really? Really? They were, they were going to do a walkout or something. They were going to go to the principal's office and get you fired. Like, she, you, I, I don't know. She's... I don't know. I I have fun with my students. We have a good time. Uh, I started at 21 saying I'm 30. Right. Just so not uh, 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 I think I was older, but it was really helpful to do extra work. Oh, my God. That's fun. That is just yeah. funny. Um, so listen, we have, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. Really. You're, you're, you're a great, great, uh, uh, a great guest and, uh, really appreciate your time. 
Well, thank you for inviting me. Yes. It's been fun. It, 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 you know, um, it's fun to get all the different perspectives, you know, because everybody has a story or two and they're just funny. And, and, and it's just so, you know, you just never know who's going to bring the heat, you know, and uh, uh, it was really, really a delight catching up with you and thank you for sharing these stories we really appreciate it well thank you for having me it was a real honor and it's good to see you again and i'm having flashbacks to 20 years ago and hanging out on set with all of you guys (laughs) and thank you for being uh, a teacher it's quite the calling a huge responsibility you're changing lives every day um you know teachers save my butt and and put me in the right direction in life and thank god for them um so thank you for doing that. That's, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's fun. I enjoy it. Good, good. All right. Take care now. And thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye. Bye. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is family therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody, welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. 
I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, we're back. It's time to break down hammers and veils. I'm Scott Patterson. This is the I Am All In podcast, I Hear Radio, 111 production. And I am joined with my intrepid team here, my on-air <laughs> correspondents. We have Danielle Romo, bottom right. We have Riley. We don't even try and Prius. say her last name. Prius. Prices. Pricely. I just like seeing you try, so. Pringle. Say it. Pelusis. Pelusis. I like that. I'm going to remember that. Thank you. That's my job to remember that. And the intrepid executive producer of I Am All In, Amy, the Sugar Sugarman. There she is, ladies Ah, and gentlemen. It's a good episode. Good episode. Wow. You know, I got angry watching it. I got angry. I got a little angry. What made you angry? I got angry at myself (gasps) for depriving myself of this brilliant smorgasbord. Of entertainment. Wait, is that true? You got a little mad? Like, why didn't I watch this sooner? I was kicking myself. I yeah, was kicking I myself in the butt so hard, I don't have a butt anymore. But what about now? Like, now you are you kind of like, oh my God, I, I get to see this now. You know how when you're talking yes. to someone and you're like, you've never seen The Walking Dead? I'm so jealous because you get to start it now. Right, like, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, I just was like, why? I, I didn't have the time. I didn't have the inclination at the time. I didn't care. And I'm saying to myself today, after watching Hammers and Veils, or even during it, like, why didn't you make the time to watch this brilliance? Why? And then I gave my, then I, you know, and then I had a cookie and I was fine. It was okay. It was low blood sugar. That's all. I mean, I know every episode is a 10 out of 10. Uh, like, that's what is astounding about this show. I think this started out slow, though. I think it started off kind of off its normal you mean like with the Gilmore dinner? Uh, no, 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 no. I think the f- the opening scene for me wasn't strong. And I was like, hmm, this this ain't clicking. It ain't clicking. Lorelai and Rory scene. Um, it just seemed, I don't know, there was just something about it that didn't draw uh, me in as much as the other opening scenes do. It okay? got hot. It got you know very, I mean? it got very cool, hot. Yeah. Boy, I tell you, they really made up for it. That is mm-hmm. for sure. Um, 
Mm-hmm. And I like to listen to the theme song a little bit, but I kind of skip over it. But today you just I, skip intro. I do. But but now I listen to it and I'm going to listen to it every time because I love the song. Because I think the song, I think the Carol King song has as much to do with the success of that show as anything. That that theme song triggers people in such a way and it, tr- it yeah. triggers me. So I'm going to listen to it from now. I'm not going to skip The music it. is important oh, yeah. in Gilmore. Always, you know, the songs they use in the episodes, music is an important part. I know you should be the town. No, just troubadour. keep talking. Just we'll just you talk. Be the and- town troubadour. <laughs> so we can go in reverse, but we do need to talk about that that engagement party. See, like just it- look what music does to a nor- you have a couple sentences and Everything just gets elevated, right? Yeah, no, I agree. Just wanted to Should do we do it. the synopsis with uh, with Scott oh, playing yes, in the background? Yes, you want to do it? Yes, you want to yes, do it? Yes. <laughs> Let's do it. You want to do it? Like create a mood. Oh, God. Go, Riley. Right, here we go. Hang on. No, you don't start until. No, no, no. You got to get the mood. This is episode two, Hammers and Veils. Air date, October 9th, 2001. Rory's sudden flurry of extracurricular activities strains her relationship with Dean. Meanwhile, Emily is cold when Lorelai finally reveals her big news. Now the synopsis (laughs) You leave it on that open note, right? God, that was so perfect. That was so perfect. So that'll be Riley, nice. Riley had a nice tone to her voice. Oh yeah, she she settled in with the music. So not only was the party amazing, but how about the scene where uh, Lorelai goes into the kitchen at the Independence Inn, where Suki has made all the oh. cupcakes, treats, crazy, Just amazing, salivating. cakes. I mean, beautiful. pink frosting, beautiful. The time that must have taken mm-hmm. to prepare all those desserts with the detail. Insane. Amazing. I, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about uh, increasing the budget or the, the, the cupcake budget on the show. <laughs> and I don't recall those uh, edibles being served after that scene. Somebody must have on the crew or several people on the crew must have uh, taken home some serious treats to yeah, their loved ones. Yeah, I was I was wondering if they were all real yeah. or if they had to be like more plasticky because they had to last for like five days. They use the same. I don't. I don't think they do that. I think it's, everything's real. They wanted to be real. I think it's all real. Yeah, that was spectacular. Mm-hmm. It now, was. It was, and a much needed the, scene because now real yes. uh, such a great contrast because Laurel I realizes, wow, I may not have. She's not even aware of the mistake that she made cutting her mother out and all of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I do have friends. They, they, these people love mm-hmm. me. Look at this. That what, what an expression I, of love, you know. I was surprised that Emily and Richard did not show up for the engagement party. I'm not. I thought. Why that would they? they? Would. I don't know. They usually do, just like they showed up for the birthday party. I thought they would show up. She didn't tell them that she was getting married. But I get. See, the thing is, is I get what Lorelai said in that final scene with her mother i i didn't want you i mean she was insulting her by 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 way of Mm -hmm. explanation she was still insulting her mother uh by giving her cold hard facts and reality about what it's like to grow up as a daughter of emily gilmore (laughs) and the speech she gave about (laughs) 
thousands of maids and house servants have escaped communist regimes and survived and they can't last 10 minutes with emily gilmore that yeah. was hysterically funny uh but so. but you know I, mom i didn't want you to ruin it for me i didn't want to mm-hmm. share this with you because i don't trust you emotionally because i know you're going to belittle me somehow or tell me that i'm wrong or dumb or something like that i so yeah. empathize with that i so empathize i with did that. too yeah you know, it's a real trigger for kids when their parents can be, you know, a little too tough on them and so hypercritical. And, mm-hmm. you know, I I get mm-hmm. why they're doing it, but it's like, Jesus, lay off a once in a while and, you know, pat somebody yeah. on the head and she needed a little pat on the head, you know, and she wasn't going to get it. She wasn't going to totally. risk it. And I think that kind of like my daughter doesn't trust me. My daughter wants to cut me out. And I think it's really just sort of Emily anger at herself. That's why I think it's so explosive because that scene was so explosive when Emily, because I was wondering like, when is Emily going to pop? When is she going to say it? Because we know why she's, Mm -hmm. we know why she's hurt and she's just allowing Lorelai to go on and on and on and ramping up. And then boom, she comes up with an uppercut and knocks her out. And what a moment. Right. And you know, it's interesting you say that because not all shows would have made the audience privy to why Emily was acting the way she did. Cause you could have done it a totally different way mm-hmm. where the audience <gasps> finds out from Emily, mm-hmm. but they chose to let us see that in the episode before. So we're like, Oh, we know this isn't going to go well. That's the difference between an audience participating or an audience just observing and sitting yeah. back and not feeling like they're involved in it. So if you make the audience smarter, if you give them, more knowledge than the characters have, then they can participate. Yeah. Then they participate. Then they're actively so a part of it. That's the beauty of the writing. Yeah, that's really true because the writer could have made the other choice, but I do think for for us, mm-hmm. the, the fans, the viewers, we really understood more. Mm-hmm. And you sympathize, empathize with both of them. And anticipate. And you sit on the edge of your yeah. seat waiting for the payoff because the payoff... Yeah it's the setup and then the payoff it's beautifully executed beautifully mm-hmm. executed and perfectly placed in the piece in the hour yeah. in the in, in the hour they have perfectly placed about three quarters of the way through structurally yeah. it's perfect it this information has to come out in a scene of extreme conflict yes. to really pay off and that you know by the book every book you read on writing and screenwriting and that kind of a thing it's perfectly placed Perfectly executed. Well done. And just perfectly awkward with Max Medina there. Oh, I mean, the whole thing, scene. you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he says, well, my parents would love to have dinner with you. <laughs> Noel's nice meeting you. <laughs> poor guy. Like, oh, God, this poor sap. <laughs> Yuck. But I mean, it was just so funny. He's so great. That hair, the head of hair on Scott Collin, huh? I always, wow. I, I still do. But even back then, I remember thinking he was hot. He's a great like, looking guy. Guy's a babe. He yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. more it's his personality too. It's who he is. It's his he's hot teacher. Yeah, he's like the hot teacher. I see. You know, he's what a head of hair. <laughs> Good God, it was perfectly quaffed. Yeah, right? I'm getting past how gross that scene was when they were in bed. Remember how much that just made me. Well, I've I've been like- to therapy and I'm I'm through it now. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother <laughs> me like- anymore. It doesn't let that go too. <laughs> in fact, the fact that you brought it up, I know, see, I have the skills now to deal with it. 
those memories. Doesn't bother me. <laughs> oh my God, so good. I'm not going to spin around uh, 20 times and then knock on the door 40 times before yeah, I go upstairs. I'm sorry, I need to shake that off. So now what mm-hmm. do you think when Lorelai comes to, to tell Luke, hey, come on out. I want you here. I was blown away by that scene. Yeah. I was blown away by that whole arc um, mm-hmm. because, you know, he really showed how he devastated he was. Mm-hmm. You know, he really did. And even in front of her. And yeah, I mean, he, he was he was so devastated that he couldn't hide it. And he's good at hiding stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just. Yeah, I beefed up over the. Uh, uh, the hiatus, didn't I? I was, I guess I, I gained weight. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I gained, I gained weight. <laughs> Jesus. Did not notice that at I, all. I, I think I was working out too much. It's like, what's going on there? I, I, I guess I could see that when you're behind the counter there, maybe. I just, I don't know. I looked a little large uh, no. for, for my comfort. No, but I thought those, I thought those scenes were, you know, if you're sitting there with, Look, the first look, when they were sitting there, the king and queen of the party, the engagement party, right, in their thrones, and the first time that Lorelai looked over to see the diner and the light was on, mm-hmm. I thought, uh-oh. And that's, look, that's a tell that she's thinking about Luke and to the audience, and it's like, whoa, totally. whoa. Okay, totally. she's not going to marry Max. She's thinking about Luke. He's over there. How's he feeling? And, you know, she said to him when she got there, I just, you know, you're a friend of mine and I want you to share and be happy for me. But we know what a bunch of crap. Who leaves their engagement party to go into a diner to talk to the dude filling the ketchup bottles? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like you're filling the ketchup bottles rather than to go to her engagement party. And she's taking all the time to come and say, like, hey, I really want you to come. Like he's inventing chores for him to do to avoid it. Exactly. Basically, basically he set a trap for her with the light on. Come on in. Because because at that time of night, it it, well, I guess it's still open. It wasn't too late. It was like eight o'clock. So maybe he's still open. But I mean, then she's dancing and it's very sweet. And there you are. And she, you know, your eyes connect. It's just like, come on. The iconic scene where I sit next to the little ballerinas. (laughs) I mean, that's 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 as iconic an image uh, for Luke as I think there is. Really? So does that, that stands out for you? Oh, well, like, they, they really, at the time, they really pushed that yeah. image uh, in the marketing side of things. It was, it was yeah. one of like the shots. That's it. Yes. Yeah, very sweet yeah. and, and perfect. And you know, you, you do, you feel bad for Luke. Yeah. You're like, Oh, yeah. God, it's just, perfect setup. Perfect yeah. setup. What a party. I wanted to be at that party. Oh my God, me too. And I thought I thought one of the, the lighter, funnier moments was when Lorelai walked up to Kirk and said, Kirk, can I have that megaphone for a second? <laughs> she just walked away with it and he realized looking <laughs> so at her. Good. He, he so reminds good. me of a, like a, a, a rooster, a, a perplexed rooster, you know, just kind of like. He's great in this one. It's uh, like perfect. Like he's trying to run the engagement party. Sector D. And the scene with Jackson and Suki when they're, Oh, I always say Jackson and Suki. Because mm-hmm. I think the character on True Blood is Suki. Am I? Oh. It always, I have to check that. But anyway, Jackson and Suki are talking as she's like putting the cookies out. That was pretty good scene too. You know, he doesn't want to get married. He's not ready, but they want to live together. And she's just like, what? Do you know how hard it is to, to, to act that kind of laughter that's, that Melissa 
acted mm. in that scene because it was several different levels of giddiness. Yeah. That is not easy. That is, and she did it without, you know, tightening up or putting too much pressure on it or, or hitting it too hard. Yeah. Oh man. I, you know, the thing about her is every episode, even, even if she has a little bit that the skill level on her is extraordinary. It's just extraordinary. And I know people. Did you all know that then? Oh yeah. Cause you work, you do a scene with her and it's like, wow. And I mean, it's, I think especially Lauren would know because she worked with her and for Lauren to stay that relaxed and that in character and that cool and her timing perfect. Cause you know, she's feeding Suki too. Cause when you're, mm-hmm. when you're ramping up doing something like that or laughter or cries or things like that, and, and another person is driving the scene and you got to just continue to feed them lines, but not trip them up by screwing up the timing. Wow. That's hard. And Lauren makes it look easy. And she had, Melissa had almost the same amount of um, physical stuff that you had moving the plates and moving the this Mm -hmm. and serving the hamburger. And she's doing the same thing Mm -hmm. and to have to do it the same, just like you said you did. I mean, that would be so hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. And she has that physical comedy too, where she has to like burn herself or drop the plate or spill the this. And you're just like. But you know what? Actually, in a way, it's almost easier than just you know, not using the props because you attach the, the timing and the beats and the, uh, and the actual dialogue to certain props. And it's sort no of, way. it's sort of easier to remember everything and where you are in the scene because you have to go perform a task and you know that those lines are coming while you are on the way to performing that task, while you're performing the task and when you're finished that task. So that shocks me because somebody was teaching me this thing the other day where you, okay, so take your left hand, and rub it up and down, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. on the left side. And then you have mm-hmm. to take your right hand and tap. And it's like, you know how you're, so to me, that's it, what, what that is, is. Okay, so you take your left hand, everybody has to do it. So you take your left hand and you're like rubbing it up and down, right? Okay, so just like hand. up, down, up, yeah. down on your like chest. Okay. And then you take your right hand and you have to tap. And it's like freaking hard because your brain, I'm doing your it. brain starts to do the right. So to me, that is like what it would be like to, have to do all those physical movements while you're trying to act. This is really easy to do. What, do you, what is your problem? <laughs> is that, does anyone else think it's hard? I love how Scott's like slamming himself. <laughs> <laughs> He's not really tapping. <laughs> oh, ta- all right. I'll ta- you want me to tap? Yeah, you, ch- you challenge me to tap? You challenge now me? Now switch. Now switch. So now with your right hand, rub it up and down. <laughs> that, and then with your that's left hard. <laughs> so hard. That's a little screwy. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm so like I'm, hard. That's a little harder. So hard. I couldn't do the switch. The right hand rubbing and then tap with the. Le- it's like you can't do it. I got it. I'm doing it. Well, that's because you know how to. Because your brain has been trained to do that type of acting. I have a trained where, brain. Yes. Right. Which I'm like, what? I can't do that. I can't do physical at the same time as like. Can you can you uh, tap your head and, and make a circle thing, on your stomach right. too? Okay. I mean, yeah, I can, right, but if I switch, just getting out of I hand. can, but it's the same thing. It's hard. <sighs> Everybody take a deep <sighs> breath. Good. Let it out. <sighs> okay. I mean, so now I guess we have to talk all about Paris, Rory, Dean, the hammer. There's a whole other thing going on here. I think the, uh, uh, uh I think the, 
well, I'm not going to say now, but one of the funniest lines came in these sequences when they were building the house. But yeah, um, I love the fact that, uh, what is it, Louise, or who's uh, uh, is still friendly with with Rory and Paris, uh, strongly disapproves of that. And yeah. look, gives her dirty looks. And uh, I don't know about revealing, uh, Paris revealing so much uh intimate knowledge like that kind of knowledge about what harvard is looking for and the extracurriculars how important they are why would paris tell rory this if she's in direct competition with her? i didn't get that that's interesting somebody please explain this to me because paris is supposed to be so smart she's trying to just crush her enemy she she has cast rory as the enemy her competition somebody that's smart as smart if not smarter than her maybe yeah. going to take her place uh get into harvard Maybe there's one more place and it's the two of them. Right. And they go, you know what? We're going to take Rory and Paris was a little psycho in the interview. And they, you know, a little too much, you know? So my theory, yeah. this is just my theory, yep. is that Paris is just so overwhelmed with herself that she just has to spew it out. Like, I've been doing this and 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 this. Ugh. Like she's that. Then it should girl. have been angrier. It should have been out of control. If for me to believe that she would had taken leave of her senses because she does have sense, right? Mm -hmm. Even if she is quote unquote um, confused and somewhat evil, um, then she needed to be angrier when she was doing it because she wasn't. It, See, my thing on Paris is she isn't actually evil. Because then I want to. She's she, just so insecure. You know what I'm saying? I'm not. I don't think she. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that, I know that's what I'm saying though. But I think that's why she's not more mad because she's just so. But she had to be in such a state where it just spills out and then she realizes, oh, God. I just gave her all the I tricks. just gave her the key to getting into Harvard. You know, ugh. So it had to be, yeah, she had to yeah, be yeah, out of control. Yeah. That's kind of exactly how I. Let's go back and rewrite this scene and reshoot this scene. <laughs> but what you just did Those are my is notes. so perfect. Oh, I just gave her the keys. Oh, yeah. like that. Like that's exactly. Because she you did. <laughs> right. You could see her doing that. After. I wouldn't give oh. that to my enemy. I wouldn't tell my competition how to get into Harvard when, you know, we know that mm -hmm. it's, you know, there's just so many spots. Yeah. I think she just had that breakdown moment where you're just like, I don't know if I was getting breakdown there. I just, it was just pure. I don't know. It just, I don't know. I'm Elliot Connie and this is family therapy. My best hopes. I guess identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. 
It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous (laughs) of your generation that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you like Paris? Mm. When she's vulnerable. Yeah. 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 I, Me too. Yeah. There, I want yeah. the thing I, the thing for somebody that the, is that extreme, I want more background on them. I want to see a scene with her and her parents more mm-hmm. than one scene with her and her parents. I want to see something more significant so I can invest in her a little bit more and have more thoughts about her. Um, and therefore, it would be easier to empathize with her. But it's just so difficult. I liked her. She's yeah. kind of on a desert, right? And it's like hard to empathize with her when she's just polarizing. And I think it, it's good for the the drama, right? Because then you're just so root for Rory, and Rory's just smelling like a rose all the time. But yeah. I don't think it hurts that you 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 
you sort of flesh out the Paris character a little bit and deepen her and yeah. give her some more dimension. She's just feeling a little one dimensional to me. Yes. Yeah, so we we liked her at the Bengals concert because mm-hmm. she really that was cool. Mm-hmm. And then I liked her when she came over and Rory helped her get ready for the date. So you have these moments where you're like, is that the real Paris or is this crazy chick the real Paris? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think we just don't know. I mean, they give Lane all this. Uh, I mean, we know what why Lane is and mm-hmm. what her whole deal is. I mean, we see her mother in multiple episodes in these classically funny uh, scenes and and mm-hmm. almost disturbing scenes, but um, you don't really see anybody else getting developed. It's it's kind of lame. You don't see Dean getting developed. We don't never meet his parents. We don't, you know, nobody's really developed there. I mean, I have a, a sister, and then I have you know, and I have a yeah, daughter. Yeah, yeah and, right. Um, but really, I mean, who else is developed in that cast? I mean, is Suki, do, what do we know about Suki? What nothing. do we know about Michelle? Nothing. Not right, much. Nothing. Not really anything. So it's like, but they're such fun characters. And those they're mm-hmm. so, uh, uh, I mean, in Michelle's case, I mean, how can you not love that guy? <laughs> he even so, did it oh again. He said, because I can't eat those cookies because then I can't yes. have my bolo burger later. What does he say? His bolo burger? <laughs> That's a great line. I, I love oh that God, guy. That's the best. I forgot about I almost about swore. That. Sorry. So I almost swore. Um, he's the best. He's the best. Yeah. It's really interesting what you're saying yeah. about Paris. Yeah. I want her to develop. I want to see her home life because I want a chance to empathize with her and understand her a little more. And even though and I, I get it, cause is- they had the one scene, you gotta, you know, I want to see it more. Just want, give me a, give me a couple of scenes with Paris and her parents or. Yeah. I think this is the first episode where, where Liza is now a series regular as opposed to a guest star. Is that right? Yeah. I'm, I think so. Riley. That's right. Right. That's correct. Yep. Okay. So they, they promoted her in season two. Okay. Yes. Wow. Danielle, what were you going to say? I was going to say we did, we did meet Paris's mom and she is kind of, she is kind of crazy. Not enough for me though. I I remember that scene. I agree with you. We need, we definitely need more, but even just that one scene with, with her mom, I was like, Oh, I kind of get, I kind of get Paris a little bit, but having more of them would, I think fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we talked about she has the same mom as Kelly Taylor on 90210, right? Same actress played. I, I couldn't offer an opinion on 90210. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't think we get to see her again, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, or at least that actress only plays her in this in that one episode where we saw her at the school. Are, so brief. Are we pointing out an obvious hole? We're finding a hole. I think we just found one. Yeah. And I think we're discussing it. Cause we do meet Lane's mom. We know Lane's mom. So it's not like we don't meet these people's families. But I want an answer, gosh darn it, as to why somebody so smart would reveal such crucial information yeah, to the it's enemy. A, it's a very good because she certainly wasn't angry and out of control. She wasn't. Did you think the Dean Rory fight was justified or Rory just having a meltdown? Did it feel forced? In other words, um, hmm. No, he's they're young. I mean, I get it. She, yeah. she, uh, yeah. He he had every right to kind of flip a little bit and you know he got jealous they both needed to just chill chill the hell out ah you know come on he's he's so in love with her come on 
Totally. Come on. I mean, you, you, you can't get denied uh, twice in the same day. I mean, he's sitting there waiting for her at the bus stop. <laughs> How did he know when she was coming? Right. How did he know what bus she was going to yeah, be Yeah, I mean, he's just like sitting there all day, all, you know, all day. <laughs> it's so true. I didn't think of that. Like a panting dog waiting. She'll be on the, maybe she'll be on the next one. Oh, well, I'll just sit here. Oh, maybe she'll be on the next one. Um, Total Forrest Gump just at the bus stop. <laughs> it's like, I love, I'm starting to really like Dean or Jared Padalecki. I'm not sure which more and more. Yeah. Uh. He showed up in the shirt and the necklace again. I know. He showed up in the necklace. necklace He had the necklace again. again, Right? Was it leather? I'm thinking leather. I think he's. I look look like a chain to me, but we need to zoom in on that. The same button undone, the same untucked shirt. You know, it's like a little lighter color for the festivities. The necklace and Carol V are the new clown pillow. Like spot. Spot the necklace. Spot Carol V. (laughs) So good. Um, yeah, I, I would, I probably at that age would have had the same reaction, you know, getting, getting face planted twice by the same girl that you love in the same day. And it's like, come on, he's just waiting all day for, her. he's waiting. And he, it's summer, it's, right? It's he, summer. He has a point, you know, he has so a is point. That, okay. So it's summer. Am I right? And then Max is going, so this is Max's summer job he's going to do in Canada. Am I, I'm just trying to like. He's going, yeah, Max is going is to he, Toronto uh, on sabbatical. That must be what's his he, summer he job or something. Yeah. Summer job? What's he? No. He's going to go teach, right? He's yeah. He's going to Toronto or something. Yeah. He's going to Toronto. To yeah. So, yeah. So, okay. So, and Dean did say it's summer. So, it's summer break. It's summer. Yeah. You know, yeah, I did, I did mutter and, to oh, myself. Yeah, Rory's at summer school. Right. Yes. She's okay. at summer school. Yes. Um, okay. Everybody's at summer school. Yes. It's all summer. And, and so, I did mutter to myself, I will admit this. Um, I will admit that it, it, I did mutter under my breath while I was watching that scene, back off, loser, she's going to Harvard. I did. Mm-hmm. I did do that. Yeah, I, I did the same thing where I was like, chill out, dude. Like, you got <laughs> forever. Calm down. Let this girl, like, have a meltdown. Like, uh, read the room. She likes you. Guys, She's just melting down she, that she doesn't have any extracurricular. She had dirt on her forehead. <laughs> she had dirt on her cheeks. She was dusty. And I thought she was going to, she looked so tired and dirty. I thought she was going to say, I'm exhausted and I, can I take a rain check? But when she, yeah. when that came out of her mouth, it made total sense. You know, she's got to catch up. She's got to, she's right. She's got to do the clubs. Oh, there <gasps> it is. See? Oh, and then we can really see the necklace there. Oh, look. Is that leather? I don't know. We're zooming in on the necklace. Let's see it. Still look like a weird chain to me. Oh, it definitely has a clasp. It's not puka shells. It's like refined puka shells. Like the ones that are shaped. I think you're right. I think it's not leather. Yeah. So Riley was right when she thought it was puka shells. Okay. And also a little trivia is that the construction foreman, mm-hmm. the guy that, that Biff he Yeager? becomes Tom. That's yeah. Biff Yeager. That's the one and yeah. only Biff Yeager. Yeah. The wonderful Biff right. Yeager. Yeah. That's a hammer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what's that? Oh, that's a hammer. My mom just likes what? to dress it up. Is that, she likes to dress it up. Yeah. So <laughs> I know. That hammer is classic. I know. That was, that was great. Um, so, uh, uh, 
yeah, I, I think Dean is is completely justified. I'm glad they got back together. They're they're a nice little summer yeah. fling yeah. couple thing that's not gonna last. It's, but it's Do sweet. we think Lane is Lane ever coming back? <sighs> that suitcase. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the suitcase was on the top of their like wagoneer. Yeah, that was good. Good image. Um the Kims have a rad car though. I love a wagoneer. It's a wagoneer. Yeah. Yeah, the suburban SUV of its time, that Wagoneer. I do love a Wagoneer. Oh, you got you saw them all the time. Sidebar, they're bringing it back and it's not as cool. Oh, really? All. Yeah, it's like coming back any minute, the 2022 Wagoneer. And it is, Google it, it's not that cool. Uh, it's not as cool as the Kims at all. Well, then I'll probably get one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not as cool. It would be a nice family truckster for you if you are in uh, yeah, I've been pining for a minivan with the... No. With, okay, so I know people that love minivans. Yeah, I, I think they're kind of... I've, I drove one for a couple of days on a location, yeah. and I just like, this is so cool. I'd like to just and have that, it if I was if I was single, I'd want... Remote. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> right. Those are cool cars, and they drive beautifully. Not, not cool. Not cool. It doesn't matter. It's, it's the convenience yeah. and the comfort. It, I have friends that drive minivans. Oh, they're great. So brutal. They're truly great. Um... I hope you get one. You'll maybe, maybe come help me around. pick one out. You know, I'd like your opinion. Everybody's invited. You know, make sure you get the remote. Oh, door. you got to get the remote door. Oh, it's beautiful. I vote, I vote oh. podcast from the minivan. Oh my God. Yes. If you get a minivan, we will do it live from the minivan. Yes. <laughs> and then maybe, you know, put the graphics, the, the fancy graphics on the minivan. I'll do that. <gasps> we could wrap it and yes. I am all in. Get it wrapped. You have the I am all in yes. minivan. Oh yeah. yeah. Hello, Toyota. Yeah. Give us a ring. Everybody will think I'm that like guy's cousin that drives around Hollywood and I'm for hire. You know, that guy <laughs> who dresses up his car. Have you ever seen that guy's car? I'm sure I have. Is that oh, guy still around? I don't know, but he's been, he was around for years. Now we don't leave our houses. Who knows no, no. what's happening in the world? <laughs> we don't really know anymore. That guy's car was so full of junk, I couldn't believe that oh. that the police let him drive around like that. It's like I'm you can hire me. I'm an actor and <laughs> hey look man, he's out there trying. Good for him. I hope it worked out. Did for you him. ever do background? No. Like before you Mm-mm. So you went from like baseball to you got like a part. I know, I did background in plays. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. I was in an orgy scene at the actor studio in New York. <laughs> um during the performance of um god was it rasputin or was it miss julie clothes on uh yeah yeah yeah. i mean it was just sort of like loiny clothy things oh no yeah yeah, making out like did you have to make out with someone uh i think i did yeah oh my god yes yes and uh yeah i did a i did i did I also did background and well, I, it wasn't really background, but it was like a one or a two liner in Miss Julie at the actor studio. Karen Allen starring Karen Allen. I loved Karen Allen Starman. Yes. I Karen a, Allen was in Starman. Yes. And uh, she had a, uh, at the actor studio, it was kind of small backstage area and they had, they had given her a private dressing room. Mm. Um, and one day during rehearsal, she came out and she was very upset and she, Said somebody, my watch is gone. My 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 Rolex, my my diamond <gasps> gold crusted special, oh, no. and it's like worth you stolen know, tens of thousands of dollars stolen. So everybody searched for it, and uh, was it found? I found it. <gasps> and it. Where was it? In her dressing room. 
And then I got accused of stealing it. Of stealing it and planting it. I knew it. <laughs> tell me, that's how it goes for me, man. That's how it goes for me. I watch only murders in the building. And so no I reward. Knew that that was I didn't happen. get rewarded. I got accused. Oh. oh, yeah. They're like, you planted it yeah. after you stole it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, but that did not put me off helping people or saving <laughs> their lives. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them myself as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels. A story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, 
and many tears and tantrums, but I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Riley, this seems like the perfect moment for you to take over. I'm ready. (laughs) I'm Riley, and this is your pop culture. We'll go through this one real quickly. Lorelai is trying to figure out her veil length with Rory for the wedding, and Lorelai says, and then there's the full on Diana. Diana, Princess of Wales, was a member of the British royal family and being the first wife to Charles, Prince of Wales. Diana's veil was made of 140 meters, 25 feet of tulle. The fairy dust wedding veil was embellished over long nights by a single secret embroiderer. The One wedding person was... made that veil. Wow. The, yeah, long. What are you guys the... talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just over here playing my axe. <laughs> this is like Somebody getting married? trying to rub your left hand and tap with your right hand. We have a lot of things happening right now. Um, we just need strobes and we'll, we'll be complete. Oh God, if we had visual, <laughs> I think I'd have a, I'd, ha- I'd have a problem. Okay, keep going, Riley. I'm focusing. The wedding was iconic and the ceremony itself was seen by a crowd of 3,500 people and 750 million people watched it on TV at home. Wow. Louise Madeline. 750 million? 750 million. Was it pay-per-view? Whoa. Did they do pay-per-view? <laughs> <laughs> that would have broken all the records. That's a missed opportunity. I bet yeah, you, they could have made a lot of cash. I bet you Meghan Markle and Harry would have done pay-per-view. Yeah. Did they do pay-per-view on theirs? They, <laughs> they should have. They should have had should've. Dana White like do the whole thing for them. Yeah, they wouldn't have had any problems with their budget. And before the bloody MMA pay-per-view. fight, we're going to do Harry and Meghan's wedding. $299. <laughs> there we go. Wait, Danielle. Oh, no. Danielle's <laughs> now holding up the strobe light. Oh, God. I know, I can't look at that. <laughs> keep going, Riley. How am I supposed to keep going? <laughs> okay. okay. Scott, we might need it a little softer, a little softer. Okay, there. Go, right. Okay. Louise, Madeline, and Paris are talking about grades and the study schedules at Chilton. Louise says, Princess Grace didn't go to college. And Paris says, thank you for the history lesson, AJ Benza. Grace Kelly was an American actress in the mid-1950s who later became Princess of Monaco. Her family had to pay a $2 million dowry to the prince, and she said to have what? to take a fertility test before the wedding. Grace Kelly's family had to pay for her to marry the Prince of Monaco, Are it you, seems. That was a $2 million admission fee? Yeah, that seems like a lot. Jesus. <laughs> That'd be like $20 million. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That was back in when? The, like the 60s? Mid-1950s. N- 50s, right? Yeah, that'd right? be literally like $20, $25 million. Easy, easy, $40 million. Whoa. Wow. Weird. Weird. So AJ Benza is an American gossip columnist and columnist and television host. Benza popularized the catchphrase, fame ain't it a bitch. 
I can, I can, you know, the AJ Benza reference does not land as well 20 years later because I know who he is, but like, I bet new people don't not know who that is. Benza reportedly punched an employee of Howard Stern's show in the face, alleging that the employee was screening out positive listener questions about him. Rory asks if Lorelai is okay after the interaction with Emily. Lorelai is being sarcastic and refers to her level of okayness as a perfect as perfect as the Victoria's Secret women. Lorelai says, I have hit a level of perfection that has rarely been seen outside of the Victoria's Secret catalog. Victoria's Secret is American lingerie clothing and beauty retailer. I'm just gonna play my guitar. <laughs> up a beaten peppy. Lorelai is venting about Emily rushing their dinner. Lorelai says, yeah, well, by the time I could get my jaw off the ground, Speed Racer had taken my plate. In 1967, Speed Racer made its debut, debut, igniting the first Japanese anime cartoon to ever succeed in the United States. Yoshida, the creator, was inspired by Elvis's style. The 2008 film adaptation starred Emile Hirsch and Matthew Fox. Sadly, Ooh, bad movie, by the way. Bad movie. It flopped, yeah. Yeah. Rory sees Paris's building skills at the construction site, and Rory says, Funny, I never pictured you as a Bob Vila kind of girl. Mm. Robert Vila is an American home improvement television show host. He earned his fame for being the host to This Old House at a home improvement show he hosted from 1979 to 1989. Tim Allen, American actor and comedian, saw Bob as a rival and made attempts to outdo him. Ooh. Rory is talking to Dean. As Tim... Tim Allen on Home Improvement or Tim Allen in real life? On Home Improvement, I'm assuming. On Home Improvement. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he's mean like that. Not Tim Allen, the, the actor. seems like a nice fellow. <laughs> I'm like, why would he care? Rory is talking to Dean about her lack of extracurricular activities, and Rory says Paris has been accumulating these things since she could walk. I mean, she has a list of good deeds that could bump Mother Teresa off the Harvard list. Mother Teresa was an Albanian, Indian, Roman, Catholic nun and missionary. When she won the Nobel Prize in 1979, those who honored her praised her not only for her commitment to the poor, but her managerial skills as well. In 1997, she had a state funeral in India, which means that the government of India felt she was an important enough person in the country to pay for her funeral. Was that pay-per-view? Rory and Paris go back and forth near the bulletin board as Paris attempts to convince Rory not to go to the construction project. Paris says, if you thought that we had some kind of deep Thelma and Louise thing going on here, but we didn't. Thelma and Louise, a 1991 film directed by Ridley Scott, starring... Oh yeah, give it a try. You got it. We practiced this. We did. We did. Get ready. Give it a try. Starring Susan Sarandon. Nice. Yes. Well Gina struck, McEnroe. Well struck. Thank you. Thank you. George Clooney. <laughs> I get Clooney wrong. Clinic. George Clooney. George Clooney auditioned five times to play the character JD that uh-huh. Brad Pitt ended up yeah. playing. And Gina That's Davis right. was nervous to do the steamy hot scenes with Brad Pitt. Ooh. Oh, Brad Pitt was smoking hot in that movie. He was great Ooh. in that role. He's still smoking hot now. He's like my number one. My number one. He's he's my number one too. I understand why. No, no, no. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, he correct. He is so smoking hot, yeah. and he's super smart and yeah. hilarious. And he's a cool like, dude. He's a cool dude. I love everything yeah. about him. He's a cool dude. Yeah, I don't know him, but I don't either. I saw him from afar. <laughs> I've seen him. I've been in, I've been near him, but he's a tall him. drink of water. He is just. A, 
everything. <laughs> Ramey. I love him. If you were in my trailer at Gilmore when he pulled up on his motorcycle with Clooney, right. got off, took his helmet off, <sighs> the, the blonde hair tumbled down. Iconic. Like, just like, I, I mean, it was just it. like, like, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> Who do you think you are? Uh, what's going on? Like that. He really is <laughs> epic. God. Speaking of epic, I hope he's listening. I hope he's he's a good producer too. He, he produces really, I know. really great films. No, you know, there's a, there's a lot more to him than you know, a hairline and blue eyes. I know. I think we would be a great couple. I'm just saying. Let's get it going. <laughs> are you are you available though? Are you and for Brad Pitt? Ish? Sure. Yeah, right. He's your hall pass. <laughs> And and your I'm available for your currently it, depressed uh, boyfriend <laughs> is is now hearing this information for the first time. Oh, I'm hot. I got to take this. I'm sweating. But okay, I mean, Riley, keep going. So if sweating. you go to somebody and it's like, "Hun, you know, Brad called." I would just be out. He I'd just wants like, to have drinks. Dude. He just he just wants to have drinks. I'm gonna go. You go ahead and and you know you put on the macaroni and cheese, the craft macaroni and cheese. <laughs> And I'll be it's back. It's a meeting. Yeah. It's just, it was just, oh. yeah, we're talking, yeah, you know, we're talking maybe he comes Work. on the, the podcast. <laughs> you know, Scott's really like, this show's spiking. It's like really snowballing. And, and you know, he expressed an interest, so it's just a meeting. I'll be back. It's, 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 we're going to do like, a, it's going to be 20 minutes, maybe two hours. Maybe, maybe it'll be six hours. Maybe it'll be a day. I don't know. It'll be like eight days. It's totally fine. Maybe Wait, eight days. Danielle, if you had to have a meeting with Brad Pitt, do you think you could act normal? Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> you said that with real confidence. He doesn't do it for me. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, hush that I mouth. know. Unpopular mouth. opinion. Unpopular really? opinion. And who, oh so God. who does do it for you? Like a... Um, Let's the cat out of the bag. Like an Ashton Kutcher or what? Dermot Mulroney or... Wait, I love... First of all, it's Dermot Mulroney. It's but Dermot? I, yeah, but I love Dermot Mulroney. But that's well, such a... he's a babe. But he's so old for you. I know. I was thinking of somebody that was older, oh, like Brad oh, Pitt's level. Oh. <laughs> okay. But do you love Dermot Mulroney now or like Dermot Mulroney in My Best Friend's Wedding? My Best Friend's Wedding started it, but I still think he's very attractive Wait a minute. Now. He, my Best Friend's Wedding... Yeah, yeah. The Cameron Diaz, Dermot Mulroney, Julia Roberts. Gotcha. Got you. Know, now I see he's dark hair. Yeah, but he's gray now. But, but the scar. He is super hot. But this uh, is like my Michael Keaton thing. So right, I right. worship Michael Keaton. Right. Like I love him. As you should. Thank you. But one of my friends was like, Batman Michael Keaton or Birdman Michael Keaton? <laughs> and I'm like, Batman Michael Keaton. And he's like, that guy doesn't even exist anymore. Because it's like he is... He's older now, but I still love Michael Keaton. I've been watching him on, he's on 60 Minutes. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Michael yeah. Keaton. I love I had him. a restaurant uh, thing with, with Michael Keaton. He's very like quick. Like you bumped into he's him? Very, no, no, no. We, we were, I was waiting for a table or we were going to our table and he kind of walked in and or he came up from his table and we just, I don't know. We just exchanged a funny thing, He, but he's yeah. friendly. But he, but he gets the kind of weird humor that I was going with, and he kind of laughed, and I just thought, wow, that guy's got a sensibility, yeah. you know? He's, he's So here's what's he's super cool. weird. This is the first time I've talked about this. I uh, believe somehow, like, cosmically, Michael Keaton and I are, like, meant to be friends or we're, like, together in a previous life okay. because I literally bump into him uh -huh. 
constantly. Right. I mean, we're talking 30, 40 times I've been in the same restaurant as him walking down. He does live in my neighborhood. So like walking down the street, well, like, everything's so weird. Hmm. At the gas station, at the this, like it's really weird. Maybe he's stalking you. I don't think so. No. I think it's just that no. we are neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that we're neighbors and we right. go to like the same uh-huh. place. But huh. it is still weird. Wow. Yeah. Well. Hey, Michael Keaton. So, so no. Actually, Bre- real name, real name, Michael Douglas. Total sidebar. You know, his name isn't Michael Keaton. It's Michael Douglas. Are you? And he changed it because it was a Michael Douglas already. Correct. Wow. I know the things you learn on this podcast. Keaton. So Michael Keaton is actually Michael Douglas, but he couldn't be Michael Douglas. Wouldn't it be funny if already- Michael, Michael, the Michael Douglas's name was Michael Keaton? <laughs> Totally. It would have been like, what a waste. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I, but I changed my name because you had to. No, but I changed my. Well, we screwed up. So unclear if Michael Keaton is like making a reservation at a restaurant if he says Michael Keaton or Michael Douglas. And it doesn't really matter because both, He's both. will get him right. a table. Right. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So Dermot Mulrooney, <laughs> that's your guy. Yeah. That's your guy. You could throw in Jude Law. You could throw in Leo wow. DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Well, this is a wide. Ra- Just Brad Pitt. He, I could, I could, I could have a meeting with him. It'll be fine. It's very generous of you. Very generous. <laughs> we're so sorry to everyone listening. <laughs> Riley, we're we don't mean to leave you out of this. Who's yours? She's nodding her head like, no, don't get me involved in this. So she's like, no, please don't bring me to this. We're Here. talking like older, or can I just uh, be anybody? No, anybody. Yeah, you can just go with the Yeah, just, just anybody. Um, <laughs> my, mine's an athlete, but <laughs> Anthony Davis. Who's that? I don't even know who that is. That? Never heard of him. The running back? No. Uh, he he played for the Lakers. Yeah. Lakers. Oh, basketball player Anthony mm-hmm. Davis. Okay. Yeah, we're fine with that. Nobody's gonna compete. You can I have. I don't think anyone's gonna compete. It's okay. Okay. No. Hey. But you know Different who strokes. did compete? Who did compete, who? Riley? Who? Elizabeth Taylor. She <laughs> has seven husbands, <laughs> and she is mentioned in this episode of Gilmore Girls. Wow. She brought it back around. Look at that. That's art. That's craft right there. Shut us up. (laughs) Go, go, go. The good thing is we don't get off tangent till the end of the episode, which is less irritating to people. So like everyone that stopped listening 10 minutes ago, they got the good, the good stuff already. So they're like, it's all. Amy means they got everything before the pop culture. Yeah, they're like, it's fine. We're just going to tune in next week for Red Light on the Wedding. No, but no, but pop culture now is a thing. It's a thing. I know, people really like it. No, it's, it's like a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have this line right from this episode? And then, after all that planning, the reception will still be a disaster because no matter what you do or how carefully you plan, halfway through one of those nauseating Bette Medler ballads, someone's getting drunk, someone's sleeping with someone else's wife, and someone's chicken Kiev is landing on the cake. There you go. Luke. Mm, Good speech. I didn't deliver it quite as well as you, but I tried. Hey, man. (laughs) All you have to do is try. Sorry, I was looking at Paris Hilton. Uh, My favorite (laughs) line is from Emily. 
And she says, your head is much too big for a veil. Oh, that was going to be mine. <laughs> that was a great line. Did you blurt out laughing like I did when she said it? Yes. It was good. My favorite line is from Rory, and she says, Dean, I promise the only way you could be more important to me is if you had a Kit Kat bar growing out of your head. Dean said that to Rory? Rory says that to Dean. Rory says that to Dean. Sorry. I should pay attention more. Yeah. Favorite line uh, now is off the table. Danielle has trumped me. She has uh, stolen my line. I am uh, lost in the middle of a desert looking for another line. Let me see. Let me pick one out of the many, many great lines. Um, help me out, guys. What was another great line? You know, I, I like the, uh, I think I like the, uh, then I had a good line that I, I laughed out loud at a line of mine. <laughs> not, you had a lot of them. Not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> but I think I'm going to go with the Scott Cohen Scott Cohen line to uh, the Max line to to Emily. Oh. Nice meeting you. Um, yeah. Then it, it was just more in the acting than the looks that made me blurt out laughing. But Michelle had, I think the Michelle line, let's, okay. The Scott, the Max <laughs> Medina line is now scrubbed. Uh, I've just downloaded a better line. It's the Michelle line. I cannot have that cookie. I am on 1500 calories yeah. a day. If I have that cookie, I cannot have my Bolo burger later. Oh, was it a Boca burger? Boca, bur Boca burger. Boca burger. Boca burger yeah. later. That's <laughs> the line for me. Thank you very much. Uh, wow. Well, we made it. Whew. We made it through. Whew. Next week, I cannot wait. Why? Red light on the wedding night. Red light on the wedding night. And that's it, yeah. huh? That's going to be it for uh, hammers and veils. We sliced and diced that one, didn't we? We even rewrote it. Now we're like not only analyzing, we're offering suggestions to improve the episode. I mean, what is going on here? All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up. But don't forget to get your tickets for Friendsgiving, our live virtual event on November 11th. And that's going to be it. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you, Riley. Thank you, Amy. Amy, don't cry. I know you're upset. I know. Started, I know. I just started to get ahead to red light. No, on no, I, I understand. You're emotional. It's it's emotional unpacking all of this stuff after watching these brilliant episodes. Anyway, I am Scott Patterson, and this is the I Am All In podcast with iHeartRadio 111 Productions. We will see you next week. Stay safe, everyone. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, ScottyP.com. Grade one specialty coffee. Ah, summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. 
No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.